Right. Roman, we got you, buddy. Sure, I'm on. All right, man. Well, uh, we we, we kind of started a little bit, but we're um, episode four finally. We're almost to our fifth episode. I think when we get to ten, I'm gonna do a giveaway of something. Give oh, right. I'm gonna give away one of Joe's bottles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give away one of Joe's <laughs> For those of y'all, bottom shelf. Our studio for today is, is moved. We're here with uh, Firefighter Joe Montes. He's got Captain Thomas Cruz. Firefighter 2 Israel Pimentel. The Donk. Uh, and then also joining us today is uh, Firefighter 2 Roger Narvaez. So real quick, I'm going to go through. Guys, go around. Just give a quick intro. Whatever you want to do about yourself for those of us. First time. Right? First time. Good. There was our, what used to listen to a show. It was like, first time caller. Long-time fans. Long time listener. Listener. Yeah, long-time listener. So for those that don't know, we'll just go around the room real quick. And Roman, we'll hang in there. We'll get to you right after these guys, all right? But we'll, we'll start with Tom. Yeah. Quick, quick intro on yourself. Yeah, so my name is Thomas Cruz. been with the Corpus Christi Fire Department roughly around 13 years. And I'm currently stationed at Station 10 on T-Shirt. And that's the, the west side of our town? That is the west, west side of the town. All right. So uh, if you know, we're just busy and you had to look at the stations with bob wire around them, that's ours. Uh, so it's on a busy side of town, but we tend to get a lot of experience and I love it. Kind of the west side. That's it. Donk? Uh, we're really coming to the Donk, there's a Pimentel, about 19 years then, State Department. Uh, I don't know if that's the same. And you're on, on the island out on there, the island. so we would just, the... You don't get any more east than that, right? Like that's the east side, I guess. Calling for help. Yeah, yeah. Joe? Joe Montes, uh Montes, uh Department about seven years. Uh location Okay, I don't know. Southside? Yeah, yeah, Southside. Our city's really weird shaped, so it's hard to tell. Alright. And uh you you have an you got Donk rides an ambulance, Joe rides an ambulance, and so does Roger, right? Everyone, these guys will be riding Big Raj? Yeah, Roger and I rides. Uh, been in the department going on, it'll be 15 years uh, this upcoming January. Uh, I'm a firefighter 2 EMS. Uh, was a firefighter 1 for a lot of years and didn't promote uh, up until probably a couple years ago, uh, which is kind of different. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh. Fucking up already. Negative dog. Those are the tones. We gotta, we gotta catch a call. Somebody called in sick. Somebody go in right now. And uh, no, but uh, I'm, I'm located at uh, Station 13 off of Waldron, uh, part of the boat rescue team. That was something that was new to me, but uh, excited to be part of that team. And uh, I've been there going on uh, a little over two years now. Good. And, and, and Mr. Roman, Mr. Lopez, what about you? Uh, so I'm Roman Lopez. <clears throat> I have a little over 25 years of uh, fire EMS uh, experience. Uh, been with the with Corpus Christi Fire Department for 20, and uh, currently I'm at Station Five. I'm a firefighter one. Was a firefighter two for a while, uh, but demoted and uh, have really enjoyed my demotion uh, because <laughs> it's actually. It's actually allowed me to uh, develop myself professionally, particularly at Hazmat uh, with Lonnie and others there at the Hazmat team. I'm a hydrogen fluoride and transportation specialist uh, amongst the team. So uh, it's, it's just something that I really enjoy doing and, and it's my forte, I guess, these days. Yeah, yeah. So me and Roman covered the 
the north side of town, I guess. So it, it's it's kind of neat because we've got, I think we actually cover our entire city with the with the people that we have on the cast today. So today's today's topic, uh, as we talked about in the other ones, is it's kind of a little more serious topic. But if any y'all know us, we'll keep it as. I think it's just more real than anything else. Yeah, you know, it, it is a problem that we tend not to shine light on just because it is real, uh, and it's scary just because it does play the fire service and is around us. Yeah, for those that don't know, we're we're, we're going to talk about mental health and, and peer support. And um, Roman, you you're one of our. Is it CISM? Is it CISD? Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, so so th- there's a lot of I guess you know um, a lot of nomers that that go with with this uh this team and uh you know some people are very careful to call it a critical incident that stress debrief but that's usually handled by mental health experts which we are not but we do have a training where we're a team of about i think about 12 now that uh, handles what we really like to call peer support um and it is crit- critical incident stress management uh, but it's geared more towards peer support. If we uh, are asked, you know, for further help, or we deduce that maybe somebody needs a little extra help, we may lead them towards critical incident stress debriefings with a mental health uh, professional. You know, and it's all voluntary. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so yeah, I'm I'm an active part of that. We actually just uh, we're we're just scheduling one uh, well, as we speak uh, oh, for really? tomorrow. Yeah, okay. yeah, for tomorrow for the. Uh, for those uh for, for that vehicle uh that yeah. went off into the the, the bay and they yes, had three sir. rescues yeah so so we're getting that together as we speak right now. well that's good that's good i know i'm glad you're here because I, I know for a fact that within the room that we're in uh we've got some different views on here so we'll be able to kind of have some banter back and forth ask questions of you get your response and and really dive into to this mental health side but i just want to throw out I know Tom had some some statistics, so I just want to throw out some statistics real quick. But I was doing some research, and there was a study that I found of seven thousand firefighters nationwide. Out of those seven thousand, sixty percent of them had family issues. Thirty um, percent of them had some kind of substance abuse issues, and out of that, twenty percent. And I mean, these guys had to be really honest, but 20% of them had suicidal thoughts. And we've all been in long enough that we know that we've got, I can name five suicides in our department due to mental health stuff. But, you know, there was another study that I read up upon that said that emergency responders are like a totally different breed. Uh, The study actually found out that their brains work different and that we're able to process things differently, stay calm under intense situations. And, but what they found out in the study is that mostly, most of us just bottle it up. Like, you know, you, you see some bad shit on your shift or whatever, you see it. And honestly, I'm gonna ask all of y'all, I'm sure this has happened, right? You, you, you made a bad fucking call, really bad. Some shit that you probably shouldn't see. First thing you do is you go back to the station and you start cutting up about it, right? You start, you make light of it a little bit. It's, it's, a, it's a coping mechanism. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting that those numbers were so high. Prior to us going on, Tommy, you said something about 
the divorce rate and all that. Yeah, and, and yet again, this is something we talk about. I think we do ourselves a disservice, like coming in here thinking like, hey, it's all rainbows and it's fun. We're gonna help a whole bunch of people. Uh, and I'm sure Roman will hit it on top of the head too. Who's gonna help us? Um, we don't teach these guys in the academy, like, hey, what are some telltale signs of, hey, I'm getting burnt out or something's wrong or something's up. Uh, giving them the opportunity of, hey, I can get this out or where can I get this out? What are some healthy safe mechanisms that I can do? And uh, just letting the family, I mean, especially your significant other know, like, I'm gonna have some bad days. Yeah. And uh, just like the divorce rate for firefighters as well as PD or through the roof, if not like 60 to 70% of us tend to end up in divorce just for that sole purpose is we don't know how to off gas, yeah. we don't know how to de-stress and it's uh, it's extremely foreign to us. Um, I think that's one thing that, that we don't really do, uh, or at least I didn't go through in my department, is we have all these rookies that come out and uh, you know, we're never prepared or we never had that talk. You know, I, I didn't, at least in my academy. Um, we didn't, you know, nobody sat there and said, look guys, this shit is real. Like, you're gonna see some of the worst of the worst. Sure. You're gonna have issues. You're gonna, like nobody really puts it out there. Yeah. And when you do start dealing with it, if you're fortunate enough to have guys that know how to spot the telltale signs um, after those bad calls or, or the guys that are, that care enough to go up to that rookie, um, call him after his shift, check on him, let him know, hey, it's okay, like, it's okay if you're feeling like this or, or whatever the case, like, unless you have that, then you can go multiple bad calls uh, for who knows how how long and, and not kind of have any of that. So do y'all, do y'all think, and I'm sorry, go ahead, y'all. I was gonna, do y'all think that times have, have changed? Cause I, so I, I've been in 18, right? You're 20, Roman 25. I remember when I came in, it was like, hey man, suck it up. Hey, 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 tough, tough it out. Hey, that, you ain't supposed to let it affect that's, you. That's the tough part about it. It's hard. It's, as a fireman, as a paramedic, regardless of where the department you're at, it's a very practical job, right? When things are going well, everybody's like, hey, yeah, man, we did this, we did that. Everybody wants to, you know, jump in the spotlight. But when things go bad, things go wrong, and, and then, you, you know, you see that, something you did from your family on Easter Sunday or, or you got to do something you know that, that kind of sucks or then you kind of you, know, you kind of hang your head down and, and, and people are my thing is I think we have to kind of keep our heads up and, and people, whether we got this mask on or whatever it is you know, people don't recognize it and then, yeah. and then you know what press the reset button go on to the next one and before you know it you're four or five more calls down the road down, down the line that you Hey, man, that's still there, man. Yeah. The call that you made this morning is still there, but you know you tend to forget about it until like you're alone or, or something, something triggers it. So, but it's by then it's kind of too so. All of us are, are married or have significant others, right? Do yeah. and Roman, you can answer this, but you know Joe or, or Roger, like you're been recently remarried, right? Is uh, fiance, no, fiance, fiance. Yeah. So, and we've all. My question is. I have to, this is a problem I have like I can't take my shit home right because my wife don't understand so once I get out get in the truck and I drive home like I she's like she'll ask me like well, how was your shift and of course nowadays it's a lot slower than it used to be but, but it used to be like ah, I was good 
and I would never express like, hey, well, I just had to fucking do CPR on a three-month-old baby that they put in the closet and covered with blankets because it was crying. But but do you think do you think that was her not understanding or you no, not opening I, up enough? I think it her? I think it was a fear on my part of not like I didn't want to see it. So I don't even want yeah. you to have to visualize what I just went through. And I think it's a protective it's mechanism. It's a protective mechanism. Yeah. We we protect those that we love. And and here here's here's the drawback to what you just described, Lonnie, because this isn't something I read in a book. This is something that I experienced personally. And it, it, it's it's real. I learned that real strength, real strength is not from manning up. We suck it up, we man it up when we when we go into a burning fire, when we gotta, you know, try to save the life of, of, of this kid or this, but that's when we man up. But real strength is not saying saying I'm okay when I'm not. That's actually self-deception. Real yeah. strength, strength of character is being able to say, that really screwed me up. That's the hard thing to do. It's easy to bottle it up. Yeah. It's hard to say, hey, I need this and that. I struggled with that because when I came, and, and I'll tell you right now, I remember certain instances. One of them, I had just worked a code, uh, been in the department a few years, just worked a code and uh, uh, on a, a pediatric code. And we had had like two in that week and, and you know, I was lead on both. And and we're filling up in 623, which is the which was the EMS captain during that time. Um, he rolls up next to us and, and, and he asked, he says, hey, uh, you guys don't, you, you guys don't need a diffusing for this, do you? And, and well, what is the self-deceptive man going to say? Yeah. Oh, no, we're good. Dude, he didn't know that I was in my rack being a new dad, crying, bawling my eyes out. Something sure. I've never experienced before, right? So, so I'm covering it up. I'm telling nobody. I'm not telling my partner because I'm self-deceiving myself. I'm not telling my captains. I'm not taking it home to my family because I want to protect them. Well, guess what? All of this cumulatively gets to a point and one call in particular triggers me. And now I'm having chest pain. I'm having panic attacks at work. My oh, guys wow. have to take my guys from station 10 have to take me to the hospital one day. That's embarrassing. That was embarrassing. Yeah. And then I'm like bawling out of nowhere inside my vehicle with my wife and toddler child turning pale white, feeling faint bawling bawling and like tears for no reason dude i was at the parking lot of chuck e cheese crying my eyes out we had just gotten there to have a good time and i did not know why yeah so the reason that i bring that out is because what i was trying to hide from everybody eventually was exposed and sure. it was exposed in ways that i didn't want to expose that it would have been a lot more easier for me had i just admitted through strength of character that i needed help uh, there was he, he's probably blocked it away, but so I'm, I'm glad that the big Raj is here with us because there's a there's a call that turned my whole career on the EMS side and I, I made it with this dude and it was like maybe not the first time, but it was probably the first time that I had a younger guy with me yeah. and we literally watched the lady die right in front of us like, yeah. and there wasn't like not that there wasn't anything we could do, but you know, when you go down that rabbit hole, there's you can do whatever you want. It's just gonna happen. Like you know, there was nothing. Well, and we, I mean, not to get into the particulars of it, but we literally watched this lady just fucking go from 
we're having a conversation right here to just slowly dying yeah. and it, it I didn't know how to at the time I don't know how long I was in but I didn't know how to comfort this dude so if Ken then I put on the thick skin I'm like hey bro that's gonna happen all the time just that's what it is and I think I think even Big Raj kind of hit the nail on the head earlier you tend to get in the fire department and all you hear is alpha we're completely alpha and alpha this and alpha that and alpha this you have to be alpha and alpha this like it just gets fed into you and you have to be hard yeah and with that being said where we grow up in South Texas the Mexican machismo is fucking real you know what I mean if we ever have a problem hey let's go outside and for some reason Mexicans always take off their shirts before we fight I don't know what the reason and is and shoes and shoes because we need it we need people I don't know why that is it just that's what it is like me that's why I wear boots good job right but nonetheless just growing up in this environment we kind of get it in two different ways you know what I mean it's yeah. like already growing up Hispanic or at least myself you know what I mean you get hey you have to be hard you know what I mean you have to be the man you have to do this you have to do that and then you get in the department that is extremely hey you have to be out yeah. you have to understand you have to be hard skin you have to be this you have to be that but with that being said and i think we're just kind of opening up to it in order for somebody to be vulnerable with me i need to be, be vulnerable, vulnerable for them yeah, yeah. I mean, so like for me growing up i got to see it because you're so my process yeah 33 years in the department and this dude never told me anything about call like he was just like same thing you're wrong was it? I just got home from work. Yeah. I'm asleep. Got this night. That went. Did whatever we had to do on his days off. Back to work. Yeah. Or make some calls over. I would see on the news. I'm like, oh, I think that was. That's my dad. I think he made that call. Yeah. And I, you just tell deep down he was messed up every day. Yeah. Or there'll be some times where when I started driving, six years old, I'm about get that call. Where you at? I'm like, uh, oh, we're not. What is that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, okay, this is some 16 year old. Right. Sure. Yeah. It's like, those little things got like into my head. Where it's like, now I'm on a drug. You, you develop those quirks and kinks. But he was also real tough about it. Yeah. He never talked about it. So, like you said, like the parents have to teach him. Like, yeah. Kids do stuff. Just gotta deal with it. Is it? I wonder sometimes too. Is that do we try and keep that mystique of the fire department, right? Because the fire department. All of us have said it before, right? It's the greatest job in the world. And it is. It absolutely is. And then if you watch any television show or any movie, Firefight, that's the fuck. I want to be that when I grow up. But we never talk about, hey, man, I drove home. I don't even remember how I fucking got home. Mm -hmm. Right? How many times do you ever catch yourself almost home when you realize you so and and we've said this in other episodes if that's happening here we're we're just a microcosm of the nation right so it's got to be happening everywhere but i'm going to ask each one of y'all and y'all tell me are there if there are do you do you know of uh programs or anything that's out there for us that we can go through I mean, personally, for me, I think part of that is is I don't I don't know if there's necessarily a program that can help with the totality of the issue, but I, I think you know you going back to saying how you know uh, the divorce rate in the department is extremely high, right? Um, speaking from experience, you know my my other marriage, I, I had a, a wife that was not very understanding of anything. Uh, she was very emotionally 
closed off, I felt in, in a lot of other things. So for me to open up to her, it I couldn't. Yeah. I, I I remember there were times where I would try to, and I, I couldn't. Um, now the partner that I have is very receptive, and it helps me so much more. I come home and I do tell her about the bad calls. I don't go into detail, but sure. I, you know, I tell her about the accidents. I tell her about the drownings. I tell her about the the, the various you know codes uh, that we've had that because it's not every call. Like let's be real, it's not every call that is gonna have that impact. I mean, you get used to seeing it's, death. You mean it's not Chicago Fire, bro? Where yeah. like every single call yeah, yeah. is that. You're not breaking down after every <laughs> call. You're not, I mean, you learn to, to cope with it, but there are certain calls that do affect you. And I think, I think having that at-home balance, but then you know, talk about the mystique of the fire department, the macho attitude, I also feel, and with just like anything else, change comes from the top. And luckily, I, I'm at a, at a station right now where the captain, has enough balls to not give a shit what anybody else says or, or or thinks, he puts us out of service when he feels we've had a call that has been heavy. Yeah. Um, and he is super, super good about, you know, I don't care if it's one guy, I don't care if it's, he'll ask everybody, if everybody says, no, we're fine. Like, that's the thing, he don't ask. Yeah. He just does it because he knows these things that we're talking about. Of course, everybody's going to blow it off or say whatever. And I don't care if the whole city's blown up. If we just, you know, for instance, we, we made a bad uh, accident, head-on collision with a 18 to 17 year old kid. Uh, the, the, the girl, fatality, fatality. And it was high, you know, there's nothing really we can do for her, but we did our best. And, Everybody got back to the station, and before we had a chance to say anything, he said, "Just stay out of service, guys. We, we got a yeah a debriefing that that they're going to do." And Roman, I think you came uh, to that one, and he even went to the extent because we work with uh, ESD, right? He even invited them, and that was the first time that they had said that they've ever done done something like that. So that just shows that change is coming from the top, at least in our station. Um, but I think ultimately it's the leadership that really has to take into account. And, and I think in our department, people don't realize that leadership doesn't mean a gold badge. We all know plenty of gold badges that are horrible leaders. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, even some white shirts, let's be frank about it. But the bottom line is, if you are a veteran that has experience in that department, you need to take up that that torch and and you know I don't want to say coddle, but be there for those guys. And Lonnie brings up that call and, and that that me and him made, and and that sticks out in my mind because he's right. We did watch this lady die, and and it was one of those things where you know it's a call and you cancel the engine. <laughs> and, and I, I was at it's just medic, we got medic it, it's 10, just I, I canceled engine 10, we got there, his anxiety attacks, she had a history of it, and then all of a sudden we're talking, me as a rookie, being at station 10 for a year, thinking I know everything because I've been there and I've made all the calls I can make, I'm like, hey, you know, talking to her, calm down, talking to her family. She probably threw a PE is what happened because she coded on us, and then when I call, for an engine, 
they have to send engine three because engine 10 got popped on another call. And it's me and Lonnie for about a good eight to 10 minutes by ourselves working this this girl. And, uh, you know, it, it messed with me. And uh, he called me after that shift. And it meant a lot because he called me and he asked me like how I was doing. You know, it's okay, these things happen. I said all the wrong things, but, right? But, yeah, but, but I did call. I mean, yeah. I think, but see, yeah. I think you, I think looking back, and it's funny how, because he feels he said all the wrong things, but I feel that was the single most influential moment in my career when it came to somebody trying to help me out. Correct. And to me, that day, he became my brother because we went through the shit together. And not only did we go through it together, like he checked up on me after that. And uh, so, you know, going back to like, you know, any programs or anything, I just feel like it's, it's we, we've started, uh, especially recently, I've been in 15 years. I, before today, I was in one CF, CF, no, before this year or last two years, because I've been at station 13 for the last two years. So in the first 13 years of my career, I was at one CSI, CISM. And the last two years, I've been to three. So, so it's, 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 getting, it's better. getting better as far as recognizing calls that we need to do this. So let me ask this of you guys. Uh, and, and, and Roman, you're part of the team, so this is probably going to get to the part where we may have a few disagreements. But do those CI, are those CISMs productive? Because I'll just, before I go, when I do, it, uh, Roger said earlier, they usually go around the room and like, hey, Tell me what I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You go around the room and it's done in five minutes and like, okay, thank whatever. I still charge you three hours. But 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 that but that it, that is not that that's not what a CISM what a peer support debriefing is. If, well, if that's the way it's done, then it's done wrong. Like uh, you see, we we shouldn't go around and 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 I don't think. I don't think any of us have been trained to do that. If somebody is doing it, I would really like to know who it is. Well, I tell you what, uh, hold on to that because I'm I want these guys to actually answer that question. Do you all feel okay. the CI sims that you've been involved with are are productive? Not the way they work out. They bring a whole group of people in. The group of people yeah. Because it's, it's one person would feel a certain way, and then everybody else says, "I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good," and then this person. Really wants to talk about it, but, then but everyone said I'm good, yeah, so I'm good. good. Yeah. So yet again, I mean, y'all, y'all talk about it, right? And just that little relationship that you built right then and there. You know what I mean? Just making a phone call, whether you think it was right or wrong or indifferent. You know what I mean? It's you are part. Of, you are just as much part of the problem if you don't speak up and say something. So for me, if a CISM comes my way, I'm the first one vulnerable to me, and I'll be the first one to raise my hand because I don't mind being vulnerable. I don't mind talking. And if I need to set that tone or I need to set that pace to where, hey, this is what I feel, this is how I feel to make everybody else feel comfortable, then 10 times out of 10, I'll show my ass. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't give a damn. I, I think that's probably where I do too. Because I, I do too. Especially anybody with less than five years, they kind of they got a lot, you know, they got all these other veteran guys in the room looking at them. They're sure as hell ain't going to want to fucking tell their true feelings. And I remember early on, they you were going to say crazy, weren't you? Huh? You were gonna say crank. Maybe. No, but I, I, I mean, the way, and I apologize, but I don't know of any other way that ever 
I've only seen it done one way. Hey, everybody out of service? Everybody in the day room? Hey, how's everybody doing? Everybody all right? How are you? How are you? How are you? Yeah. So, so Romans, and we're just speaking about our department, right? Because that's all we can speak about. Is there a standard way, or do each one of you that are a part of that team do do a CISM different? No, we've all been trained according to the Mitchell model. Uh, of uh, it, so it, it is a systematic approach to de-stressing, and, and and that's where, and I'm glad we're having this conversation because it's important for people to know that we're not we're not there expecting for us to leave with you feeling better about the situation. Like that's not what this is about. That that's not how this works. Okay. We're not going to leave there, and you're going to be thinking of ponies and rainbows now. Like no, yeah. that, that that's not what that's about. Um, what we're there to do, and, and I say this before every single, uh, you know, debriefing that I'm a part of, is what we're there to do is we're there to get people talking. We're 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 there to get people talking. For example, the last one that we went on, and I won't give specifics, but I think Tommy, you were there. Yes, and, sir. Um, yeah. So once, and and I never asked how are you doing because I know what the answer is going to be that I'm going to get most of the time because I used to give that answer. So our questions should be along the lines of what role, what, what, what happened when you were first on scene? What, what, what did you do? What, what did you and your company do? And people take me to what, through what they did. Yeah. And then the next go around is, all right, does anything stand out? about the call you know this this or that like what stands out in your head right now what what didn't you like you know what bothered you like so i ask open-ended questions i don't ask yes or no questions and that's how really these debriefings should be and then people go around and it's like well you know the mom pissed me off the way she was reacting and you know this is it's like all right very good and then as people see that they start feeling more open or if they, they feel less vulnerable to open themselves up and they will open with regards to what has affected them. And then at the end, everybody, regardless of where you showed up in the incident, has a good understanding of how things possibly took place, about about what happened. There's really no more questions about, yeah. hey, how was that person when I left? Or well, before I got there, you know, what exactly happened? What, you know, and, and, and now, so now there's not a whole lot of thought and things like that. It's really all about just healing now. And we've promoted conversation. Is so there... now the healing can continue at work, amongst your family, uh, there at the firehouse, and, and, and even at home. Is there... And if you guys know, tell me, is there qualifications that you must meet before you're accepted onto one of those teams? Well, uh, to be honest with you, our qualifications are a willingness and then to be trained. Okay. Like, and the like reason that, I that, that, that up, and again, I don't like to pull any punches, but I, I probably determine the outcome of a CISM by who shows up. Great. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. If, if, if there's certain people that walk through the door, I'm like, fuck this dude. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't even have respect for that cat outside yeah. of this. I'm definitely not. Hey, gonna hey Lonnie, but Lonnie, let me ask Tom something. Tommy, what was the first question I asked you guys when we started that, that TISM? It was myself and Curtis Meeks. Do you remember? I, I don't roll. Remind me. Uh, does anybody have a problem with Curtis or I being here? Please be right. open and honest and we will leave 
whoever has a problem with me or with Curtis will be more than happy to get up and leave. Like we, we will, because this is not about us. Yeah, this is about you guys. And and you're right; those walls are up now. It, it to for that to be effective, Lonnie. You know, for it to be effective the way that you're saying, and I know there's good dudes, but like, I think a lot of guys like me, but I know there's some guys that don't. Sure. You, you know, so so it's one of those where it's like, well, what kind Who of the fuck you wouldn't have, you, 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 dude? You wouldn't have a team though. No, but you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Sure. No, but you know what? After that. Roger's no, but you you know what I mean. Right now, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, tell tell me to get out next time, Rod. No, no, no. But seriously, like it, it would be hard. Now, now if there is, you know, a, 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 if there's a, a person or a couple of people that hey, you know, it's just the vast majority have an issue with. They have. We, we need feedback, just like we do with instructor courses, Lonnie. We need feedback, and and Chief Quintero spearheads it with Chief Rocha's absolute support. And I've seen that, so uh, let um, let okay. them know, you know, and, so, and because it is hard to formulate a, a everybody likes you type team. Yeah, there's we got about maybe 10, 12 minutes left in in this episode, but there's a couple of questions I want to ask you guys, and one of them, and I want you, Roman, you're part of the team, so you you may be excluded, but you can probably also give your your opinion on it. Do you guys feel that the ranks above us? really give a shit about how you feel after a call uh, can i answer that first yeah i, I and i'm talking battalion chief and so yet again, for, all the way to the top right third floor so yet again and i know i'm referring to rush because i'm liking what's coming out of his mouth a whole bunch but for me i don't give a fuck who's on top of me because i run my station how i want to run my station this is my station, station it's not a dictatorship it's not right? it's not a dictatorship but on certain stuff, just like you're talking about, nothing's open to interpretation sometimes. If we have a hard call, I'm gonna make that phone call. And you know what, if that person on top of me doesn't make it happen, I'm gonna make another phone call. If that, I'm gonna follow suit until I think what I need to get done gets done. So I guess what I'm hearing is that you do feel that eventually you'll make a phone call where someone gives a shit. Hell yeah, and even if it's just, luckily just to have them on the line right now, there's been many a times I've texted Roman, me and Roman have had sidebars. Yeah. Whenever we're out and about, sometimes even working at Del Mar, where I'm like, hey, Roman, yes. like, what do you yeah. think this time, whatever. I, I, I don't think they, I don't think it's that they don't care. I think that they're so disconnected. I mean, we, we learned, there's a lot of guys that will not become chief. And that's why I think, and I respect guys like Tony Perez. Sure so much that have been able to maintain the relationships he's had and because let's face it chiefs are they're kind of administration but they're still on the field it's one right? why so not to. yeah so he's been able to play play walk the line and do both um so i don't want to say that it's necessarily they don't give a shit because i'm sure if you go to anybody i mean maybe there are some assholes out there that are like yeah i really don't care but i, I think it's just more that their priorities are over, over they're, they're so much so that they neglect the important things. Right. You but, know what I mean? Don't joke. I was the same. I think it's off the person that's. Like, yeah. Everybody's going to know who to go talk to. They're going to be like, oh, I'd rather go talk to Tony Pettis. He's going to understand. He's probably going to help me out. I'm going to go be like, mm, I should. So go. it's. Somebody's. They're going to they're gonna pick and choose who they're going to want. Or I'll. I know I swear for 
Tom. You go to Tom. Son shows up who's still active fireman. And you know, you figure this guy being a veteran as he was in the department was that you know, he was black boy, didn't know what to say. This guy himself like that comes in. And so we go, we finally talk to him in the hospital. And he's got this weird little hiccup going on stuff. And, you know, time works his magic, he gets him, you know, convince him, hey, we need to go to the hospital, go to the hospital, get him back again. He's like, very cool. Then that's the station, four minutes of station, and then we get another call for a trauma, for a trauma. 
slightly burned a little bit in that I don't I don't feel like and that you're right it does it is depending on who's wearing the shirt but I, as a whole I don't think our upper management quite understands what we go through and then when there's a guy that's running 27 calls and they're like hey clean up your box and go make the next call that tells me already like they don't really give a shit about those guys they just want you to make the next call and so that's 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 burned into me and the last thing I'll show you is because we've all done this, but just like you, and, and this is one that hurts me today, and I'm glad that we're all just opening up and talking about it. I don't even know if any of y'all know the story. You may be the only one don't that knows it, but my father-in-law committed suicide, yeah, committed suicide years ago, shot himself in the head, and I was the first one on scene. I worked him, tuned him, everything. He didn't make it, right? Literally, there was like, when it was done, it was done, and then it was like, hey, you know, you 
did everything good, good job. The medics were fabulous. I'm not bad talking to any of the medics or anything. But I never got the phone call. Hey, you okay? Hey, I know it's your, your father-in-law here. And what killed me was, and bless her heart, right? It's kind of changed. But at the time, I used to think of myself as a decent medic. And man, I probably had a few saves under my belt. My wife came up to me and she just, she grabbed me by the shirt. And she was like, you can save everyone else, but you couldn't save my dad. And yeah. then fucking like, I didn't know what to do. That was, that's, that's, yeah, that's right? So my are you sure you did everything you can do? Yeah. I get the chills right now fucking saying that because it, it, it kills me. And then I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, 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 yeah. And then I started thinking about it. And same thing, the next were good. Is, you know, guys I came in with, and they were up. Yeah. And it was, you know, close to cousin. I mean, just knowing that now, like, I wish I had one. They're like, hey, yeah. bro. But I've been through it. Yeah, so, I'll tell you one one guy after the fact. You know, people gonna think about it, but but uh, Cat Masso helped me out through that whole entire thing, uh, big time. But Roman, I appreciate it, man. Um, I know there's gonna be guys that are gonna have questions about this whole CSM. Um, I, I have questions about it that I'd like to talk to you about. Maybe getting to, um, I don't know if y'all guys have meetings or whatever, but maybe more of a the same structure type. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, when the, when y'all have them, everyone should run them the exact same way. Because I'm telling you, they're not run that way. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll maybe put everyone in that meeting aside, one at a time. Okay, that is right there. You saw it. You know, so it takes that it takes that group out of it. I gotta I gotta, I gotta disagree. I, I think I think the group setting makes it safer. And and like Roman said, I think I think the thing with it is what it takes is for us. To step up yeah and as as leaders be like hey i'll talk first like this is what i feel exactly this pretty much what we're right now yeah yeah and sure, because yeah. in rolling one thing i will say about the meeting is i know you guys have a structure but for somebody that's been through multiple of them when you have somebody that comes in and says kind of the rehearsed same exact thing and i know it's a it's coming from a genuine place but it almost loses its value. It loses its value. It does. So I know like that. And the reason I say it is because the the best guys that I've had and the best meetings I've been to have been you and Carl, right? Carl did one within the station uh, for us, and it was it, it was not a, it was just our station, and it was like it was. It was weird because both you guys kind of started out the same way, and then the, you, you start to hear the whole, you know, file cabinet, uh, you know, deal that they use, right. yeah. and then you know, you know, and so that's just from my taking as somebody that's been there, and it's kind of hard, right? Because I think you got to look at everybody, and maybe a good question to ask is how many people have been to one? Because if you have nobody that's been to one, then they probably haven't heard that. But if you've got, you know, a bunch of vets. Do they really want to hear the whole file cabinet thing and, and you know sit there for yeah because they start to tune out yes yeah. you know or... so roman i'm gonna i'm gonna challenge you buddy as the guy that's on there that you've heard from i don't know like all of us which we kind of represent every part of the city and i wouldn't i take everyone's opinion in here with a 
carries a lot of weight with me that uh, it sounds like what we're doing uh, is it, progress. We've gotten better, but it seems like maybe we could we could even make it a little bit better. And, and since you're a part of that, I, I'll challenge you to to uh, to bring it up. And if you need help making some more changes to that, I think you can count on any of us to help you out. Yeah, and and, and I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm hesitant to. To, to really and I'm just I'm just being truthful yeah. I'm, I'm hesitant to to go to, to say that I will recommend changes outside of maybe like like personnel issues and stuff like that because sure. what you got to understand about mental health is that if I start trying to play psychiatrist or psychologist with you I could screw you up yeah yes. because that's not what I'm trained to do but so that's why we that's why we follow a model we try to and then if we identify that somebody needs more help than we can actually give now we are willing to talk to the side like like donk says and afterwards you know it's always like hey man you know like yeah, i i i pulled some guys aside and like hey let's talk and we, and we just chit chat you know but yeah, i'm not trying I'm not, I'm not trying to shrink their brain because i could really affect them I've had guys too that, hey man, like I'll tell you what, bro, you're really hurting. I could tell, and, and you need help a lot more than I can offer. And we have these counselors. We also have uh, this psychiatrist that the department keeps on staff, you know, or on retainer, or whatever. And uh, yeah, it, 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 it'll help. And and I'm here to. And, and the reason that I that I hesitate to, to to say like, oh, we need to revamp this whole thing and blah 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 is because, um, and Raj is right, I mean, some of the things that we do say are, are canned and, and, and maybe we could kind of slow down on that and I am mindful of that. Um, but uh, but I, I was gonna say, it, it's, it's one of those where um, we, we, just, we, we just need to be careful, you know, when it comes to what, what we try to do as, yeah. as a peer support and that's why it's going from CISM more to peer support because like, hey, I'm here to support you. You, you know, I'm not here to, 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 to make you feel better. And, and, and I say that it works because it worked for me. You know, I, I went through that whole thing and, and, and uh, CISM identified that it was critical incident stress that I was suffering from. Well, it, it they sounds sent like... me to a mental health expert. They sent me to a mental health expert I had eight sessions with him and I never again suffered from those symptoms. You know, I, know I still that. take medicine for anxiety and for depression. I mean, I still take that medicine, but yeah. what do you call it? Uh, it, it, it the, the, the talking did help. Houston Fire has a, so they do the same thing we do with, with the debriefings and the CSM management, but they have a retainer of a psychologist if, we, if they have to. But yeah, I never even knew they had anything like that. Yeah, Houston Houston has Say we do, I make a verbal call and we get that, have to have that meeting, yeah. you know, and they go around, all right, you have anything to say? No, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. All right, guys, well, maybe we're still here to talk, like, we have a psychiatrist on, like, psychiatrist on yeah, the team, right? like, or you can just talk to me on the side, like, if you feel like it, you know, whatever, like, just, just to get that feeling out there, and like, you know? I didn't know that. Yeah, we, we have, so, so we have a, a, I don't know if it's uh, the exact details, but I know fam family counseling services. Because uh -huh. I reached out to them, you know, with, with my daughter. I was 
she hasn't gone yet and done sliding on that, but like, you know, she dealt with some things with the divorce and even even dealing with that, they were making themselves available. Now I know with family, oh, I don't know if it's the same thing, but I know with family counseling service, uh, they give you two uh, two or three free visits. Yeah, and that's then, big. But that's, that's, that's I mean, if you're having any kind of issue, I didn't know that. And just just so that you know, we we have a psychiatrist right now that not only offers like counseling sessions, but also like medication. And we have guys actively actively benefiting from this doctor's assistance like then we have them right now you know and, and and i think i think sometimes too is is i i i hear what what's being said and i hesitate to agree 100 percent because i think because a lot of this is confidential you yeah. know and, and i think we don't see, I, I think we we don't all see what's actually going on like who's That's being true. helped and if people need to be helped though then, then I hate to say it. Don't rely on white shirts. Yeah. Don't rely yeah. on on gold yeah. badges. Don't rely on your partner. You have to rely on yourself. Like I should have a long time ago. Oh, and if you do reach out, yeah. If you do reach out to one of the members, you'll get the help you need. I guarantee you, you will get the help you need. I mean, that's what I'm taking away from this right here. We're we're 53 in men. We've all shared a story. We all. I learned stuff. I didn't know you had that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think if, and Donkey said earlier, and everyone said, I think if we can do, you know, it doesn't have to be recorded on a podcast, but if you can do more of this, get your, uh, your buddies, so, get your buddies I, guess, I guess my question that, that I would want to pose everybody, someone in closing, right? Everybody has their mechanisms now. We've been on the job for quite a bit of time. So what helps you get through when you're having a bad time? Like, what do you do to de-stress? What so, do you do to de-stress? So, so and so uh, very good, right? But yet again, right? There's, there's different ways of going about it. Right? In a control setting, Raj, or sometimes. But just like we talked about right now, hey, big Raj, that's his so thing. me. My thing is very much along yeah. the same line. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm really glad you brought it up because I wrote it down here to talk about is that along with mental health and peer support, like a whole wellness program sure. if, in we were talking about it before we went live like how come our department doesn't give us some kind of physical fitness program or offer anything like that to allow us to, to de-stress there, that there is something like that. when there's guys willing and able and offering yeah. i don't want to use the word for free but but offering his services that's like hey you know you guys want to come check not only is it good for you physically and your health and all that but obviously it's a hell of a stress reliever right i mean but and even that, yeah, like, yet again, it's my, myself and Roman have talked about it quite a, uh, quite a bit, right? Whether it's one extreme from another extreme, whether it's like, hey, we're gonna go do jujitsu and get this out and leave it there, or let's try yoga. Yeah, we tried. Oh, let's try. It. You know what I mean? Try. Yeah. try to breathe. Try to no, meditate. No, you're right. You're right. right. I, 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 I did yeah, say yoga. Correct. That doesn't include this. That doesn't include the bottom of alcohol. It doesn't include drugs. It doesn't include toxic behaviors um you know yeah <laughs> everybody feels differently but you know that's the big thing is, is the problems that we have are still going to be there when, when the bottle's empty you know so so i think everybody has to find their hobby their outlet i think the department could maybe do better at providing um something uh along those lines 
Uh, you know, I, I personally, for me, I offered I offered jujitsu uh, free to any first responder uh, for a month just to see if I could get anybody to come in. Uh, I, a law enforcement, everybody, and I had two officers come in, no firefighters. I've had a couple guys join the gym yeah. uh, in the past uh, that are from the fire department, and it helped them extremely. I had one guy just reach out to me, uh, you know, and he literally said he's tired of being a lazy you know fat piece of shit yeah and and i told him i'm like you know you can thanks for not calling me out all right (laughs) you know but i said the thing is this is somebody that i know and and without (laughs) the information this is somebody that i know has bigger struggles than just weight yeah and i think people don't realize that the physical fitness is not a it's not just a byproduct thing yeah it's it's you know the the looking good it, it it's a conduit to the head first. It's a conduit to the mind. Yeah, yeah it really yeah. is. You know, I mean, you, you feel, you work out, you feel good. You know, and then you look good. It makes you feel even better. So it's just one of those things where I think uh, people need to really uh, look at that aspect yeah. of things. Well, this was real eye-opening for me. I didn't, I didn't know about. There's a lot of things I didn't know. I didn't know exactly how our CSM worked. I didn't know that we had uh, psychologists on retainer i didn't know a, a lot of stuff i'm glad to hear that we're progressing that we are doing it i mean especially with nowadays and, and i was just affected by it today but the whole pandemic is another issue right of, of adding even another level of stress yeah to to everything else so um i appreciate all you guys information roman i appreciate you coming uh getting on again via phone i know you're at work but you're not in disney world this time right no, 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 no background noise. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, I, I missed what was Mickey and Minnie were walking around with multi rays last time. So that's right. Yeah, but even yeah. so, I'm gonna take it a further step, just because I, I am the way I am. Um, I challenge everybody in this room to have a sit down with our retained, wh- whoever's on retainer, our psychologist on retainer, um, yeah. just to go and talk to somebody. And granted, right? You you want to add more feathers to your hat. You want to add more cheeks to your armor. However you want to say it. But I am thus able to apply it, to talk to somebody, be like, hey, I've been here. I've done this. Yeah. These are the avenues that you need to take. These are what you need to explore. This is how I felt. And it's it's one thing to tell you what you should do. It's another thing to, hey, I'm going to hold you hand in hand. And we're going to go take care of this for each other. And and, and I'll, I'll piggyback on Tom that everyone in this room, including you, Roman, and I know everyone will, but I will I'll throw the challenge out there that you guys become an avenue for, for the younger generation, right? I mean, you guys all know, we all know what a bad call is or semi-bad call or what it looks like. And, and, and that's, those, those words mean something different to everybody, right? Because you bad call. Bad call for you. Correct. Right. right. You don't know what bad call for me. Correct. But, and I always do it like, I like younger routine. I try to be able to talk about everything. Everything, yeah. Bro, so what happened? What would you do different? Yeah. What do you think? Just yeah. Because the truth is, the shit we do and the shit we see, it's not normal. Not normal. It doesn't happen all the time, like you said earlier. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's that, that uh, low frequency, high stress situation right there. It does happen, and and, and you by ten thirty, you could have three of them, right? I mean, so you don't know, but the best thing that us old firemen can do is make sure that the young firemen become old firemen. And if we can help them out, you know, that's the best thing that we can do. So I appreciate y'all. We're, we're, we're hitting that hour. I told you we weren't going to, but we did. But I thank each and every one of you. Roman, I thank you again. Um, sure. This will drop live tomorrow on Tuesday.
and then uh we'll go for episode five next week yeah all right thanks a lot guys all right man thank you terrible, man. Later. We'll see you. stay low yeah, stay we'll safe